This, this, this is Biz Owners Ed, where you'll learn how to start, grow, and scale your business with teachings from some of the most successful and high-volume entrepreneurs. Connect with us today at bizownersed.com. Now, let's make it happen. All right, Annie Grand, thanks so much for being with us. Annie, you were a part of the Biz Owners Ed class this year, and you've got pretty incredible business, Etoile Handbags, owner and founder of that business. And uh, you've been in, in high-end fashion for quite some time. And so excited to have you here and learn really about how that all started and, and some of the insider perspectives on, on being a business owner. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, our brand has certainly, since its inception three years ago, we've had an incredible growth and we continue to learn and build on that. And I'm excited to talk to you about it. So you started with, I want to back up in a second, but you started with one store. Correct? Or was it online or where did it actually Actually, we started... So my experience is selling to retailers. So we started in the wholesale channel. So when I first identified where there was a real opportunity Uh and a void, when we had our product and our commercial samples, I just first went to all of my upscale retailers, which I had relationships with for years. Right. And, you know, they loved our product and we had a lot of opportunity based on relationship. But Mm -hmm. what happened is they gave us a chance uh, based on the relationship, but our product sold immediately. And so that's how we just, you know, started building our brand through the wholesale channel. And then last year in 2019 is when we just started really thinking that we needed to have a direct to consumer approach that would include brick and mortar and flagship stores above and beyond our online, because our online you know, when you're an up and coming brand, nobody's searching for you. Mm-hmm. They would go online if they see us at Stanley Korshak, at whatever right. retailer we are, or if there's an article or something, but truly it's difficult to really gain momentum just there. And so we added this strategy because we had the data that says, okay, our products sells and sells and our retailers are repeating, are selling out. So let's do this on our own right. as well as, you know, we didn't, we still have a wholesale distribution. In fact, mm. we've increased it tremendously okay. in the past year. So you're still in those stores, but now you've shifted over into... We've added that 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 revenue stream, right. if you will. So okay. when I think, you think about different channels, mm-hmm. you know, you have your wholesale channel, your retail channel, your online channel, but really, really... It's the customer channel. So we need to cover all of these channels to give our customer the chance to always discover our brand, have the same experience and see us wherever they interact for their own shopping. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying, that's our biggest thing really this year is to try to really build some sort of fluidity. I don't know if that's a word I can use, but if you see us at... I'm going to use Korshak because we're here in Dallas. If you see us at Korshak or you see us at our own store you know, in North Park or online, or you travel to Las Vegas, it's the same experience. It's the same product. It's the same brand. Mm. That's really interesting. I, I like that. Like, I, I love how you've gone from wholesale and online mm-hmm. to building your own stores, your own brick and mortar. You have so many different outlets to actually put your product out there. Yes. Neat. So I want to come back to that in a second, but I yes. want to go way back. And, you know, I like to ask people, you know, everybody's got their thing, yes. right? So you're in handbags, but I like to ask people about 
kind of the off topics. Go ahead. The things that they don't always talk about, not just the brand. So mm-hmm. I, I want to learn kind of how you got there, but take us back to your upbringing. Take us back to that time. Did your parents have a large influence on on where you are now and owning your own business? And, and how did you how did you make it all the way here? It's a great question. Well, so I'm originally from Canada. I'm French Canadian uh, from Montreal, and my upbringing. So I'm going to talk. My dad passed when I was seven. So my mom is a very optimistic and positive person, and so my upbringing was really that. And I feel when I look back, I really feel that it's the best gift she gave me in her parenting. Just the mindset of everything that was even, you know, things that were very hard. And so I think that serves me very well today as an adult and in my journey as an entrepreneur. Mm. Also, so when I, when I grew up, she had a flower shop. When I was in my teens, she had an HR company. And so she was an entrepreneur, but I can't say that I felt, it's not like I felt the bug, but I mean, I grew up in it. I think the bug came in more as a slow burn, my first job and my second job. And my, I just could see so clearly where I wanted to be and and where I was going. Hmm. So a lot of entrepreneurs grew up with entrepreneur parents. Do you think that that's kind of what originally sparked that seeing that? I mean, do you think if you never would have seen your mom starting her own businesses, you would, you'd be here or was that always just kind of a part of what you wanted to do? You know, I, I think it weighs a lot in the sense that you see that, that it's a possibility that it's, right. you know, it's part of the possibility. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if, you know, if I had grown up and seen my mom work for someone else all her life, how it would have influenced me differently. But I do certainly see that it showed me that it's absolutely a possibility. And, you know, even for a single mom, it's not, you know, it's not a possible. Correct. I love that. What's the greatest piece of advice she ever gave you? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. Hmm. I love that. (laughs) Culture, culture, culture. Yes. That's great. Yes. I think uh, our friend Darren Martin, we appreciate that. Oh, yes. Yes. Guy. Yes. You're true. You're right. It <laughs> didn't come from master. him though. It didn't come from him, but yes, absolutely. So you did a lot of things before you started this business. What was the point where you said, I can do this better. I'm going to take the leap and go out and do this on my own. <laughs> I think the first day of my first job. <laughs> really? <So. laughs> no, but hey, that's a good question. I, So in my career, I've always wanted to learn more and I always wanted more. You know, my first job, I was just an assistant to the, to the, the, you know, the VP of sale or whatever. I already wanted her job and, and I just felt like I could do it. I just felt like I just wanted always more. And so I, I, like I said before, I think it's been sort of a slow burn inside of me that I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this and I wanted to do this. And in retrospect, I've been very intentional also with my career choices. I've always wanted to learn every single aspect of this business because I knew that eventually, you know, even there's, you know, there, there's some part that I made sure intentionally to learn about tariffs and, and everything that bored the heck out of me. But right. nonetheless, I just want to learn everything. And so every, you know, positions that I've had have really prepared me to be on my own, hmm. to have my own brand. Right. Yes. And so when you decided to make that jump, Yes. What really got your company off the ground? Because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, they have this great idea. They start a company. Yes. And then they try to do 500 things at once. And, you know, in order to get to where you are today, you went through a process, a step by step. 
system that you, you did one thing at a time to get to where you are. So, you know, did you have kind of a, a plan at the beginning of, I need to find a manufacturer and then a designer and then, or, or was it kind of just a figure it out as you went? Well, I did have a lot of experience. So I knew what it took to bring a product to market. Right. So I knew that first, my first step was I had to put to paper what I had in my head. And so in my experience in this industry, I've always had like a tremendous sixth sense of what's coming next, of what's going to sell, of everything, of just a great sense of aesthetics, mm. but I'm not formally trained. So I had to sketch this, you know, by hand and all that, and then got it done, build a tech pack and send it to a manufacturer that would produce it. And so when it came to manufacturing, I knew that I wanted to do an absolute exquisite product. And so the only thing I did was to search the top three manufacturers in the US, hmm. no one else, I didn't care for anything else. And then the best one, I, I went after them, but they, you know, they don't want to know nothing of startups and they rejected right. me and rejected me until one time I was just so relentless. <laughs> I called the owner, I said, listen, I'm right now your sixth round pick, but I'm going to turn into your Tom Brady. <laughs> I had a meeting the next day. And he took it. Yes. Wow. His name is Alex. And so I guess I just wore him down. And, mm -hmm. and that was important to have the best manufacturer because I knew our product was going to be very, very clean. And to build any kind of super basic, I don't want to say basic, I don't like that word, but clean product that does, you know, you have to have absolutely impeccable craftsmanship. Mm -hmm. Think of a product that's not that doesn't have any novelty on it. If there's a stitch that's not absolutely impeccable, it looks completely, or at least that's all I will see. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, so that's sort of, and then from mm. there, you know, we did, we went from the original sketch, we just updated it. And then we had, when we're happy with the final prototype, mm. we built a commercial sample set. And then I went to see all my retailers and, you know, we started selling it. Wow. Yes. That's so neat. And so, and how long ago was that? The seed in my head started in 2015. Okay. The way that it happened is I was in the fashion industry. I was always, you know, visiting and calling on customers that was super elevated and upscale. Right. And but I still was working. I need to have a, a functional bag, but I was walking into these accounts where I had to have credibility in their world. So I didn't want a cheap bag and I didn't want to ruin my designer bag. And so I was like, but what can I buy? And I started calling my buyers saying, Hey, what can you sell me? That's not a Celine at 2000. And that doesn't make me look like a schlepper. The and they, they were all like, actually, this is what we have and this is what we have. And so I, oh. so I was like, okay, well, there's a huge opportunity and right. hold my beer. I'll be right back. Yeah, let me do this myself. <laughs> Give me two years. <laughs> and so by the time that this, that I identified, you know, the opportunity and that we went, went, we went to market December 15, 2017 was our first time we went to market at Stanley Korshak. Wow. We had a, an event. Yes. And, and so give us some, some stats now. Where, where are you? I mean, not, we're so, in a unique time with coronavirus, yes. but, uh. but you know, maybe right before this happened or even now, yeah. you know, where's the company at this point? Well, you know, we've gained tremendous, you know, momentum. 2019 was a really huge year in terms of really gaining traction and momentum. We, like I said before, you know, we gained distribution on our wholesale channel. Right. We've, you know, we were in doors and in cities that are, you know, all over the US. We have customers in Europe. We have one customer in uh, Dubai. And so, you know, we've, we've expanded that. And then we took, like I said, our first step towards brick and mortar. We opened our first store in Dallas mm. last November at North Park Center. And we opened a second store um, in Las Vegas the first week of March. 2020. And so all of this, you know, 
what we've seen with the brick and mortar with our own flagship stores is how much it propels our online business and activity, community, social media, everything. Mm. And so we've had all of this sort of tremendous momentum. Our first week in Vegas was absolutely, even though already in March, Vegas was not what, you know, people were like had canceled trips and all that. But even in that time, our opening in Vegas was absolutely amazing. We wow. sold well, we just, and then everything came everything, to a halt. Yeah. And, you know, in spite of that, I have to say that right now, look, we already have customers that are our retailers, our wholesale channel this mm-hmm. week. We've, re- are you shipping? When are you shipping? They're reopening. They're excited. And so we've lost, you know, sort of a whole season that will push back, mm-hmm. but we're going to get out of it on the other end. We have customers online that are still buying and still love our products. And so, you know, we try to maximize this time that we had, what was it? Is it two months? Mm-hmm. Please get me out of here. (laughs) And so, and you know, honestly, like on my end, we didn't stop working. We've worked more than ever on product. We ironed out processes. We're just like ready for action. Wow. Do you feel like you've used this time to really focus your efforts and now moving forward, you guys have a better system than you did before? 1000%. I have to say that Although it's so hard when, when your business is about sales and you get zero sales. I mean, it's, it's there, there are literally days that I had to just stop and write down 10 things that were super positive because the black hole was Mm -hmm. just there waiting. But at the same time, you know, this is time that is, I'm always chasing. It seems to me that I'm always chasing. Mm -hmm. And I just really took all this time, didn't even have one glass of wine the entire time because it seems to me that it's the time to maximize this time. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I did. But now I'm I'm ready to have less time. Please get me back into action. (laughs) Get me out of here. Do you think that just even on a personal note, Yes. you know, because for me during this time, before I, I never stop, never sit down, yeah. never sleep, you know, yeah. never, never cease to move. And for me, it's been great because it's, it's shown me that I'm actually much more productive and I, I have much more time to focus on my business processes when there's not all the noise going on. And so I know that when this is over, I can still create that space personally. Has, has this been, been helpful to you? I mean, obviously it's been very difficult. But have there been things that have been helpful to you just on a personal note in having this time to kind of get away and have a little bit of space? And Yes, it, it's like you always know that you should carve out more time to think, I'm not going to bring it back to the business, but to think about the business and to strategize and make the right moves and think and give everyone what they need to do their job properly for you. So you have more time to think, but there are periods where you just cannot find a way to carve out that time. And I think the past two months have validated that time is absolutely crucial. It seems to me like I cannot go back to the old way to the old way. Yes. Hmm. So going back real quick, you mentioned how, you know, you were in the business for so long Mm -hmm. and that really gave you the ability to see a clear path Mm -hmm. on how to build this one. A question I get all the time from people wanting to start new businesses. And my answer when somebody wants to start a new business is usually don't do it (laughs) because the reasons are wrong. And and, (laughs) yes, you know, I know you're a big start with why fan and and you believe in that. Yeah. Do you think that somebody needs to be in an industry for a certain period of time 
before they ever go and start a business in that industry so no. that they know it? No, I don't think so. But what I've done is that I've, right. I think you do, I don't think you have to be in that specific industry. No, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. But I think you have to be really intuitive about surrounding yourself with people who maybe have been, you have to go find your information. And I think it really does help when you have experience in, in the business you start, but I don't think it's necessary. Mm. If the role was reversed and you were starting your business and you hadn't been in high-end fashion before, you've been in a totally different industry. Eesh. What do you think would have changed? I mean, you know, I'm sure that the, the research would have been much greater and probably the connections wouldn't have existed. Do you think it would have just slowed down time or you would have just worked twice as hard to make those connections and learn those processes? Or, I mean, how do you think that would play out? I think ultimately I would have, we would have ended up at the same place, but, it, but I would have to work doubly hard, surround myself with people who are closer to the business, but also there's something to be said about having really fresh eyes on an industry. Mm. You know, sometimes maybe a fresh perspective on something would have put mm. me ahead of something else. I think sort of a sliding door. Remember that movie? Did you right. see sliding doors? Yeah. So, but I think the path would have been different, but really I would have ended up on the same highway hmm. because from the beginning, it's so clear what I want to build. So very clear. If you were coaching the Annie Grand day one mm -hmm. of your business, what would you tell her? You know, something that I always like to ask people is, what do you think is going to crush me <laughs> in my business? So if you go back yeah. and tell her, what would be the things that you could say, this is going to crush you? Okay. So the first thing I would say is contrary to what you believe, Annie Grande, sales do not solve everything. Although to be fair, they do kind of do. Mm. But what's going to crush you is uh, your cowboy ways of managing cash flow. Mm. That's my answer. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, I'm always looking out for, for blind spots. What am I not seeing right now? I completely agree. And by the way, I think it's important, like in my circle, advisory circle of mentors, I make sure actually to even have people that I completely disagree with, like 95% of the time, because when I discuss with them what's ahead of me, I see it from a completely different perspective. And it's not going to change my idea or my path, but it's certainly going to make me look at it from all angles. Right. And the goal of that is to, like you said, eliminate blind spots. Because when you see what you see, if you surround yourself with just people who see like you, then your mm -hmm. blind spots are too, so. Too big. Yeah. That's a great answer. You know, a, a lot of people are hesitant to go out and do their own thing because of the fear of letting themselves down, letting other people down. I think that one of the greatest pressures of owning your own company is people now rely on you for their livelihood. Uh -huh. Dinner on their table for their yep. family relies on you and yep. your vision and your purpose and your understanding of the company. Walk us through kind of how you cope with that. I mean, how do you how do you experience that pressure and how do you deal with it? Yeah, it's a super good question, by the way. I like it a lot. It's interesting because I and, and it might come back to my upbringing of positivity and optimism, but I don't receive it as a negative pressure. Mm. I feel very responsible for our employees, for our 1099 contractors. I feel the same responsibility to people who invest money in me, invest their time in me. Mm. But it's not a pressure. It's actually it energizes me. It gives mm. me tremendous energy. Our manager in Vegas, she has six kids. 
If I don't do my job properly, her kids don't eat. And if that doesn't energize you, I mean, what will? (laughs) Seriously. Wow. Right. So So it's sort of how I receive it. It's never, it's, it's on my shoulders, but it doesn't weigh me down. It's sorts of, it's sort of just gives me like, gives me the will to just go on an extra mile when I Mm -hmm. think I can't. Tell us about a moment where you felt totally overwhelmed by the current situation. I mean, I think entrepreneurs at any stage of a business get to a situation where they feel like the walls are closing in and, you know, everybody was relying on you to be the captain. Do you have a, a, a moment where you kind of, you know, had to triumph through that? And Yes, and- I do. So, and it comes back to my cowboy cash flow management. Yeah. And so I went through, you know, a really difficult period and I managed through it because I have people around me who just helped me through it. But that was, I think, the most overwhelmed I have felt. Mm. I felt like, you know, on that raft mm. where you're, <laughs> the waves yeah. are coming in every sign. I'm like, oh my God. But here I am. I'm still here. Still here. Yes. Can you talk about the pressure of bringing in other people's money into your business? But like I said, it, it's a tremendous responsibility is the word. I don't think, you know, it's pressure. It's responsibility, as responsibility to, to people who invest money because, first of all, they've earned that money first. Right. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I feel responsible that they can make money by investing in me. I also feel responsible to my family and my kids. I mean, you know, this is, we're also building something for ourselves, but it's a very big responsibility to have other people's money mm-hmm. but it's a positive responsibility it right. just makes you want to push harder it's mm-hmm. or at least that's how i respond to right. pressure that's how i guess i really love pressure yeah well i think that's <laughs> yes. what makes the successful yes. entrepreneur successful is the risk tolerance and the pressure tolerance correct risk able, tolerance yes being able to absorb that yes that and be okay with it and flip it into a positive which it's always a positive but being able to use it for motivation, knowing that you're now trying to make this person money. And you know what else? Also, you never want to make them regret investing in you. That's the least of the very least. Mm -hmm. But also as an entrepreneur, I also think of other people that have come behind me and knock on their doors Mm -hmm. and I don't want to ruin their, it's also a responsibility. If that person does well with me, they'll be more inclined to invest in other entrepreneurs. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? What a great point. Yeah. Mm. I think that leads well into this next question. You and I have talked a lot about sort of an imposter syndrome. Yes. You're bringing in other people's money and you've got all these people that work for you and you're managing millions of dollars and you've got stores and and supply and, and inventory. And I think there's a lot of times where entrepreneurs feel like they're completely not qualified to do what they're doing. Or to be in the in the role that they are. Can you can you walk us through that? I mean, yeah. how do you how do you overcome that? Well, first of all, by the way, the imposter syndrome it took me by surprise. I always felt so confident in everything in my. I don't know why I'm a. Yeah. But this is something, and the first time I ever experienced it was the first time that we showed the collection to the like uh, December fifteenth, two thousand seventeen. Was the right. first time that. Actual customers, people who didn't love me, people who were not rooting for me were seeing the bags, Mm. you know, and they not only loved it, they actually bought it, bought it for their friends. I just could not believe. And I felt like such, I was like, who do I think I am? And they Mm. loved, that was the weirdest (laughs) feeling. (laughs) What is happening? But it does happen when I'm sitting across like people who have accomplished the highest level of success Mm. in business and they take 
to advise me, they invest in me and all that. This I have like that imposter feeling that mm. that I can't explain it. I don't know why, but mm. yes, it is there. And and it annoys the heck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of it. Trying to get rid of it, but it's helpful to if you understand how to manage it. it Correct. Can be helpful because it motivates you. I mean, what's it's, your what's your option? There's no option. No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's it's a motivator. All these things are actual motivator. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Did you watch The Last Dance? No. You haven't been watching that Michael Jordan? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, my I've God. I've seen that. I just didn't know what it was called. I just kept calling it the Michael Jordan show. <laughs> you know the way he takes everything and it just makes him salivate to, to crush his yes. opponent, I guess? All of our idiocracies or something, we yeah, have to use them as motivators. Yes, exactly. I love that. Have you had times when people have told you that, that this is a bad idea or maybe that you're doing the wrong thing? You know... Or maybe try to advise you yeah, oh, out of yes. business. <laughs> yes, of course. And you know this, you'll always, I've always been polite. And I think people who advise you when they shouldn't advise, honestly, they have their best intention. They want you to do well. Even if their advice, you must put them in the garbage immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately they, they want they want, I guess it comes from a good place, but yes, 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 yes. And you know, you just, uh, sometimes out of all this non-solicitated advice, you'll have like one little golden nugget and you'll mm-hmm. be like, Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's worth looking into, but yes, absolutely. People who've told me don't do it probably, but I'm so, you know, on that freight train, just get out of my way that I don't even remember, don't but even remember. probably they have probably mm-hmm. I'm sure. Do you seek advice often? Because one thing that I've, I've heard a lot of people say is, you know, either you can never have too many mentors, mm-hmm. but then another group of people say, you might have too many mentors. Yeah, you have too much noise yeah. coming in. So do you seek counsel? I mean, I, I think I have the right amount, but I'm also really good at filtering, even though I'll respect someone's point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I, I'm very good at staying solid on my... I don't think I have too much advice. The one thing I feel I'm missing right now, I would like to have like a C-level mentoring in my industry. Mm-hmm. But should I not? Because yeah. because it is so... I'm even careful sometimes of what I read and all that what's specific to my industry because fresh eyes right now are really important. But, but nonetheless, like true advice, someone on my advisory board that mm-hmm. has seen it, that has, you know... That's been it, through the path before. Correct. People's experiences can always be of benefit. Right. It doesn't mean you follow their advice. I don't follow all the advice right. that I get. <laughs> yeah. sometimes I Which should. I think, well, I think that's a mistake though that some people make is just True. because somebody True. is in a more successful position. Yes. You, doesn't mean that their advice is always correct. That's and True. You have to take it. Absolutely. You, you've been able to get advice and also get in front of high-powered investors mm-hmm. and people that that you know are really in high places. How have you been able to do that? I think a lot of people, a question I get all the time is how are you able to get your foot in the door with people? Well, you you first ask. You can't get your foot in the door if you don't ask. I just knocked on the the doors that I think are good matches and that I I think are important to get into. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to get into the doors because... I've been clear, honest, and shown something that makes sense to these people who've gone through the, the trenches. How, how do you deal with a lot of those people? I'm sure 
if they, if they didn't meet with you, there's a sense of rejection there. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? I mean, cause I'm sure you've been rejected in the yeah. business world a million times. <laughs> yes. how, how do you cope with that and, and it not let it affect you personally? I mean, I don't dwell on that. I'll just move on unless it's something that I really, really think is going to move the needle for me. I will pursue it until I get a yes. But if, if it doesn't work out and it doesn't, you know, there's no answer and all that. Yeah, of course you, f it, you feel rejected. Right. And mostly I'll feel like, oh my God, I can't believe they're missing out the opportunity of right. this brand. <laughs> it's their loss. <laughs> but no, I don't dwell on that. But if it's something that really I think is a must for me to move the needle and they can also, then I'll just be re more relentless about it. I love that. And, and I think something that plays in your favor is you're such a positive person. Like you just come across happy. Yeah. It's all going to work out. You know, we're going <laughs> to yes. get through it one way or another. Yes. And you know, how do you maintain that positivity? Do you have a system that you go through or a, a program or, or what keeps you so upbeat? So I, like I said before, I think it was instilled in me in my upbringing, mm. honestly, but also I have a very strict regiment and that I, you know, follow and all that. I'm also very strict about who I let into my inner circle. And I think That's all so of cute. this, right? Yeah. You, you, just one little toxic infiltration can be really, right. <laughs> but naturally it's just the way I my mindset is wired, but I'm also, person. you know, uh, intentional about keeping that a beat sort of positive outlook. Mm -hmm. I love that. You talked about a strict regimen. Do you have like a morning routine? Yes. You go, what, what is that? Yes. Like? Well, I wake up at a certain time. I have like a, a 15 to 25 minutes of mindfulness that, that is very, 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 very important. And so <laughs> Sometimes it's so hard because as I get, it's the hardest thing. And yeah. so is it like gratitude or is it prayer or what does that look like? It will depend, but you, typically it will be a gratitude and it's mostly about, I walk my future. It's hard to explain I, Like for example, every single morning I walk the headquarters of Etoile 2027. So it's a, it's a visualization. Of it's, I guess it's more that, okay. but I mean, it, it will alter. That part is always there. <laughs> Yeah. But I just take that time to just, I guess, start the day on that, on that mm -hmm. note. And then, you know, I'll have my morning reading. I always, you know, read all my trade papers and that's really important. I need to know everything that's happening. At least I think it's important to do that. And then the kids will wake up and then we'll, you know, we'll go from there and then mm -hmm. the work day and then I'll train. I'm careful about what I eat and, you know, it's not, but that morning sort of strict regiment, I need it. You know, mm. I went to boarding school and I wonder mm. when you go to boarding school, everything is such on a schedule that right. I feel that I need that schedule or else I'm like, if I don't start like this, I'm not as productive. Right. It's And you also need your, your own time. Correct. Before the rest of the house wakes up. Oh my God. And time. they find me everywhere. Right. I mean, this COVID-19, <laughs> like I took my laptop. I'm going to hide and work in the closet within five minutes. Mommy, what can I have for a snack? Oh my God. <laughs> Leave me alone. They find you. <laughs> yes. So I, I love the, the, you talked about having a vision of, you know, Etoile in the future. Yes. Why is that so important to you? Because I'm the same way. I mean, yeah. I'll sit down and really? I'll visualize to a yes. point to where I'm sweating yes. because it's so intense. You can, I can smell see it. it. You it's, can even, it's yep. the weirdest thing. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So do you keep that in your head all yeah. day? Like the decisions that you make, are they based off yes. of 
that's where we're going. That's the vision. A hundred percent. And that's why I'm so strict about doing that because, you know, it seems to me that if I know my destination, I'll just follow the correct route. I'll take the right exit or I'll consider this, but take the ultimately. And if I don't know that I'm just on this, I don't know, like an oval mm -hmm. circuit maybe right. or a treadmill, I don't know. So yeah. For me, that's what really works. I need to every day be reminded of the ultimate goal and I can, you know, I can eat the precision of right. <laughs> those headquarters are something. It's intense. Oh yeah. Do you do the same thing for other parts of your life away from yes, business? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Talk about that a little bit. Cause that's something I think that I think everybody gets so caught up in the, just the professional world. It's hard not it to, it's hard not. And, and yeah. you know, we're the same way. Yeah. I mean, we could work forever and yes. forget about everything else yes. sometimes. And so yes. like, what does that look like in your personal life? What, what kind of things are you visualizing? So I visualize, and it's always part of that too, that the personal part of it, the future personal part of it, mm -hmm. sometimes it will be with the kids, with my husband. And what is the same, no matter what I'm visualizing, is peace. <laughs> There, wow. It's always so peaceful. Whatever we're doing together as a family, together as my visual, visualization is a feeling of peace. I love that. Do you think that peace is the definition of happiness? I think peace is the definition of success. Hmm. I think once you've succeeded, you can be at peace. Or when I have succeeded, I will be at peace. So, so like success means you have peace. Like what's your definition of success is to have achieved all the goals. And so you can just be at peace and enjoy. So I guess, and even when I tell you that I visualize, this is super personal by the way, but when I tell you that I visualize myself in, in the Etoile headquarters and all that, it's, I'm extremely at peace. Mm. We've built this now. Not that I have nothing to worry about. Of course, I still want more and more and more, but the success has been achieved. So mm. it's a peaceful feeling. That's really the main feeling of my entire mindfulness. Always. I love that. It's yeah. peace. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people, especially right now who have achieved success mm -hmm. and most all of them, it's, it's significant monetary success, mm -hmm. but also success in their family and mm -hmm. their, their personal life. And what I find is that the, the most dangerous point in life is when you've achieved a goal mm -hmm. and it's over. And then you have nothing more, like you haven't set the next goal. Whoa. So, you know, when you're thinking True. about that visualization and yeah. you're, you're walking the headquarters in your head and you feel that peace, you ever think about what am I building next? Cause I think that like people like us, when we're done building, we die. Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing agree. more. What do we, totally what do we do with agree. ourselves? Whoa. Right now I'm totally focused on, on just having this succeeding in this. Yeah. But I think that, that as I achieve this success, I will, my next level of success will be helping others achieve mm. their own success. Mm. Maybe, maybe it will be a rinse and repeat. And I don't know, another okay. business. I, I'm, I don't know. I have to think about that. Mm. I have to think about that, but I feel like another level of peace is helping others, you know, achieve their success the way I've being helped right now. Right. So great. And I, I still keep going back to the, the comments about peace. That's so great. Right? I love that. It really is that. It's the mm -hmm. first time I put a word on it, but yeah. That's, I love that. I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. You know, we're talking a lot about mindset. What's something that, that holds you back that you find yourself stumbling over your own mindset? 
can't think of anything. Maybe there should be something. Maybe there should be a little gas pedal. Well, no, maybe to, not. A little brake pedal <laughs> to this gas pedal. No, that's a good. That's a good answer. I mean, if you don't have anything, that's fantastic. I can't think of anything. Okay, well, that's good. So, back to your business. Yes. Um, in the early days of your company. <laughs> What was, you know, one or two things that, that really surprised you that I'm sure there've been a lot of unexpected twists and turns, Yes. but what were some things that, that really kind of hit you in the teeth that you, you know were not what? expecting? I couldn't believe that I didn't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know everything. Yes. That's what surprised me of how much truly, I guess uh, to go back to the experience in a certain industry, I guess because I have felt that I had accumulated such tremendous experience that when it came to launch my own brand, I felt pretty prepared. And so I was really surprised about not knowing everything. And by the way, pleasantly surprised because, I mean, maybe not at the time, but isn't it fun to learn something all the time? And to Mm -hmm. so, so it's great to keep on learning, but I think that's really what surprised me the most. I think I was like, yeah, I know everything, no problem. I love that. That's (laughs) so great. I think that people get, they have things when they start a business that they're so surprised by and right. not expecting. No. But almost if you, if you position yourself to expect that and to, to be okay with knowing that a lot's going to come your way. And yes. also I think being humble Yes. and yes. being okay with the fact that I'm okay to admit the fact that I don't know everything. Absolutely. I see a lot of entrepreneurs really get jammed up because they, they don't want to take people's advice. They don't want to ask for it and they want to do things their own way. Oh, that's not going to work. Even though they don't really know what they're doing in the first place. No, that's not, that's not going to work. So to kind of start wrapping up, tell us about your, your vision of the future of Etoile. You know, you talked about the visualization, yeah. but, but give us some numbers. Where do you want to go? Do you want to stay in this business? Do you want to make an exit? What's the, what's the master plan? So my vision of Etoile is to really build a global luxury brand. I envision growing to 150 stores in the U.S. and globally of our own flagship store to continue to grow revenue streams from online and from our wholesale channels. Strategically, I've started to just look at that channel strategically, but ultimately I want to build a billion dollar luxury brand. Nothing less. Absolutely nothing less. When it comes to the exit, I mean, I don't, I certainly have a very specific goal when I can cash out. What I can take some chips off the table, if you will, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's an exit. It doesn't mean, you know, I don't know. I think that's going to evolve. Really, I know exactly what's going to, I have clarity on what's going to happen next year, the year after, and what's going to happen in 10 years. In between, we're going to build it and, and evolve with it. And, you know, but specific of the exit, I don't know. I just know exactly when and how much I'm going to take off the table. Yes. That's so great. Oh, yes. It's so important to be clear about it too. Yeah. Not just, I'll get rich. No. I'll get an exact number. No. That's great. Yes. Earlier in the year at, at Biz Owners Ed, we yep. had a panel of some pretty incredible female entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to get your take on that. And first I want to ask you for any entrepreneur, male or female, who's either starting out or they've been in it for a long time. Mm-hmm. What's one piece of advice that you give those people, whether it's in their personal life, you know, work's going to eat up your whole life, maybe, or in business, what's something that you'd say to them that that you wish you could have told yourself when, when you were, you know, maybe just a month ago or maybe three years ago? 
I can tell you what I would have told myself when I was your age. I would have told myself, just do it already. What the mm -hmm. heck are you waiting for? What I would tell myself or I would advise, you know, I think you just have to keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, unless, you know, your numbers are shit. <laughs> you can cut that out. But I mean, just keep going and find solutions. And if your goal is clear, if your goal makes sense and it's something that can be achieved, just keep on going. Hmm. That would be the advice. That's great. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to female entrepreneurs? Would it be any different? No. It'd be the same? Yeah. Love that. I've never felt different from a regular entrepreneur because I'm female. And okay, I mean, stats will say, I read my Goldman Sachs reports that, you know, uh, VC money, seed money is much less to female entrepreneurs, all of this. And that may me I have never felt different from a regular entrepreneur. You know, that's such a great point because one of the, the ladies on the panel this year, yeah. they were asked that question and she yeah. leaned forward. They said, you know, have you felt like you've had any, any struggle as a female entrepreneur or it's been any more difficult? She leaned forward and she said, no. Yeah. And then leaned back. Who was it? And I don't remember. What's the name of the lady who does the biomedical companies? Leah. Leah. Okay. So by the way, that panel, I'm part of that female CEO group. They're oh, okay. phenomenal. Yeah. We've had, I organized last month, a Zoom meeting where we talked about our re-entry strategies and what's happening, how we're, all of this. They're phenomenal women, by the mm. way. Phenomenal women. It was a great group. Oh, it was fantastic. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky to be part of that group. That's I love great. them. They're phenomenal. They're great. And I, I love that answer. I just thought that was, that was really great. But it's really true, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, you know, it's again, it's a perspective because really on paper, it's true that, that have you listened to the podcast? I told you to listen to how I built this, I have. you know, so there's some of them, there's yeah. stories where, you know, if you look at rent the runway and she'll talk about sitting at board, it's all males sitting there and, and being completely treated differently. And, and so I understand it. And so far I've never, so far yeah, I've only yeah. felt like an yeah. entrepreneur. I love that. Mm. That's great. Mm. So tell us where, where can we find you? Where can we find you? Where can we find your product? Where do we get this brand? You can find us at all, most, the best retailers in the U.S. You can find us at our own stores in North Park, in Las Vegas, and more to come. You can find us online at etoilestar.com. And that's E-T-O-I-L-E-Star.com. E Got it. Yes. And on Instagram, everywhere, we have so much amazing product and the product that we put out that we just finished during that COVID, like it's just, it's my happy place. Product is my happy place always. Yes. I can't wait to see it. Yes. So last question, yes. um, give us a book recommendation right now, book that you love, one that you'd recommend for people to read. I, uh, so you know what? I really liked my favorite book of all time is a shoe dog by Phil Knight okay. and it's how he built Nike. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I can identify to his, <laughs> I mean, to his relentless and, and being, oh, it's just no matter how much, like he's at, I think about it. It's in the seventies. He's at 8 million and he's still not bankable. Yeah. I mean, what? So anyways, it's just a phenomenal, it's a great book because he was relentless. He didn't stop. He adjusted. He was, he's just a phenomenal. And the most recent one is the one from Mark Randolph that will never work. Oh yeah. He's the founder of Netflix. Mm -hmm. That was really, really interesting. It was okay. a great book. I too. started listening to it. Yeah, it's good. 
But there's a book that I really, really love since I'm in my teens. It's called Le Petit Prince. It's a little prince, actually. They have it in English. What am I saying? I'm just trying to give you some French. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. That's good. And it's a little book by Alexandre Saint-Exupéry. It's like a story about this guy who, who his plane breaks down in the desert and he meets this little prince who talks about his planets and about humanity. It's about humanity. Okay. It's, it's, it's 90 pages, 100 pages, mm. but it's extremely mm, profound. Mm. At every stage that I've read it in my life, when I was a teen, when I was in my 20s, when I was, you know, now I'm still in my 20s, but... <laughs> <laughs> but so at every stage, there's a new, like during COVID, I reread it and I just really? had something else, like just received it new differently. Every Correct. It. It's, it's, it's just a very profound hmm. book. Yeah. All right. That's all good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. That was really fun. And going through this, cannot thank you enough. And thank you. Um, we'll see you soon. This is the Biz Owners Ed podcast. Connect with us at bizownersed.com. Rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss out on every value-packed episode.